0: Last 10, exchanging yourself with others. Okay. Let's see where the contemplation is. All right. Contemplation 29, on the ultimate and immediate pains of selfishness. If you fail to practice perfectly this exchange of your own happiness with the suffering of others, you'll never reach that enlightenment. And even here in the cycle of life, there is no happiness. Forget the goals of the world beyond. Even in this life, none of the things you hope to achieve will come about. Those whose duty it is to serve you will do none of their work, and those masters you serve will never pay. Geltzib J puts this verse in the category of problems that will come to you if you don't exchange self and others. Problems of taking care of yourself and ignoring others that we cannot see Ultimate and immediate pains of selfishness. Say Rung Chen Zin. Rung chen zin. chen zin. Shen Chen Zin. Shen Chen Zin. So the first is cherishing yourself. Second, cherishing others. So Not exchanging yourself and others leads to two problems. Number one, No enlightenment or reaching spiritual goals. Two, you won't even get the temporary pleasures of this life. So it's just bad all around. Exchanging yourself and others means taking care of others before you take care of yourself. Which is really hard when we're, when even the least little thing is wrong. <laughs> like if we're too hungry, if we're a little tired, um, if we're feeling irritated, you know, whatever. So it's really, it is hard to do. But we trade in watching out for number one, to watching out for others first. We should be lost. Master Shanti is saying, if you don't do that and take care of and you take care of you first, two things will happen to you that you never knew were happening. No enlightenment, no reaching spiritual goals. So, these are things we couldn't see unless someone told us why these things were happening. We wouldn't know why we weren't reaching our spiritual goals. And we would... If we don't do this, we'll never make much spiritual progress. And geshe he talks about frustrating people of three kinds. Number one, American people who never meet the Dharma. Two, people who study and they're not near a teacher and they can't meet a teacher. Number three... So the second, well, the second one's actually very sad because if these people were in a class, they would do really well, but they can't get a teacher. There's nobody close to them. The second category is frustrating, which is frustrating, is middle-aged Dharma students for whom nothing is happening. So they still like the Dharma. They still study. They still go to class, but nothing's happening. And you ask, are you different from three, five years ago? And they say, no, not really. And they just, they just seem sad. Something's subtle. Um, some undercurrent in their life is preventing them from getting the really sweet things of practice. Often they're doing everything they're supposed to, but it just seems boring. Something's missing and they're frustrated and they're just getting older. And then the third category of people is, are dead people, people who pass away and they didn't study seriously. And there's this really same sad feeling for all three of them, the ones who couldn't find a teacher, who study but nothing, nothing happens, and the ones who die. And this is a subtle obstacle that's ruining your practice. If someone didn't explain it to us, we would never get it. We would never get it at all. Taking care of others its the mature, responsible thing to do. We have to really put them in front of us. If we don't, we won't reach enlightenment. And the frustrating thing is that we'll think that there's something wrong with the path. Some people say, well... Samsara is okay. I'm okay not seeing a tantric angel walking into my life. And Master Shanti Deva says, look, you're not even going to get what you want in this life. Even in this life, the older you get, the more you take care of yourself first, you'll get less and less of what you want. Even if you don't want to get in line, you still have to live this way. If we want a nice house, Even if we have some lousy, crappy goal, we still won't be able to get it if we don't take care of others first. So these are the problems that you can't see and aren't aware of. People don't say, I didn't take care of others. That's why my relationship didn't work out. Or, I didn't take care of others, that's why I didn't get that job. Nobody says that. That just does not exist, you know, except for what we're talking about here. Or, um, you know, I lost this friendship because I didn't take care of others. It's never, it's never like that. We don't ever say that. So the way to get the VP position if that's what we want, is to make sure that everyone else gets there first. And we would, we would never come to that on our own. We just wouldn't. And it's the small things like pouring your coffee first, eating the last piece of chocolate. That's why we're not seeing tantric deities. So we have to not lose the vision of bodhicitta that I reach paradise myself first so I can teach others to get there. And the best thing to do for others is the best thing you can do for yourself. So in order to reach that enlightenment, we have to be taking care of others first. And it's really the most, like physically and mentally, the most pleasurable way to live is to practice Dharma exactly as all of the teachings say. And every time we get into a competition for a job, make sure the other person gets it and we'll just keep getting promotions. Okay, contemplation 30. I like this one. Let the fire go. Every single harm that comes in this entire world Every fear that comes, and so too every pain that ever comes, comes from grasping to myself. What use for me then is this, the single greatest demon? Until the day that you give up your own self, you'll not be able to stop the suffering. Until the day that you let go of fire, you will not be able to stop your hand from burning. So, this verse is the problems of self cherishing that you do see. So, it's obvious. You can see that you're not getting, you're not even getting the temporary pleasures of this life. Every physical and mental pain is caused by self cherishing, every single one of them. And it's important to be concerned with poverty, with other people's suffering. But the root cause of people's suffering is self-cherishing. So we should fight to prevent that. Fight to prevent self-cherishing. And if we were med- if we meditated really, really well, we would see that this is really the enemy. So we have to take care of people in a normal way, not just with self-cherishing. So we have to take care of people in everyday ways that we see that they need help. We can't just keep acting on our self-cherishing. We're used to it, and we have some resistance to doing the other, but we have to, we have to get out of it. And in that way, we're really good at it. So if we decide that all other beings are ourselves, then it will be easy. Is there a certain way saying self-cherishing like I think what he what he said to begin with is um you start small, you start with peas and carrots. You just start with small things giving to others. And then we'll talk about something else a little bit a little bit more too, coming up here. I think we'll get to it. So we just start small, making it a habit little by little, to start giving away more and more and more before we take care of ourselves, starting to practice that. Okay, say may, ma, teng. May, ma, teng. Na, sikpa. Na, sigpa. Pong, mi, nu. Pong, mi, nu. Don't let go of the burning hot coal, you won't be able to stop the burning. Imagine someone holding a burning hot coal screaming in pain, and you're telling them, just let go, just let go, and they're like, No, it's my coal. And we tell them if you don't if you don't drop it, you're never going to be able to get rid of the burning in your hand. The pain that it gives you. So the coal is taking care of yourself first. The habit or tendency to take care of yourself first. And ironically, people won't give it up. They think it's in their own interest to take care of themselves first. And they don't want to let it go. So it's like the call. All their pain is coming from this thing, and they refuse to stop it. The more you worry about yourself, the less you get the things you want. So try to rip open that habit a little. And if we don't, the older we get, that habit of self-cherishing becomes more and more solid and harder to break. So we have to crack it now. Oh, okay. Contemplation 31. The Master and the Servant. It's something very wrong to look with eyes belonging to another and work for only my own goals. It's wrong as well to look with eyes working for them and to do something that's not right. Therefore, I should make all other people first priority and anything that I ever find upon my person, I should take away from me and seek some way to make use of it for other people. So really having the direct experience of bodhicitta is the goal of this chapter. It's very similar to the direct perception of emptiness, and it's very rare. If, if we got it in this life, it would be extraordinary. So when we have that feeling, there's this knowledge, that feeling of bodhicitta, there's this knowledge that we'll spend the whole rest of our lives serving other people. And like this says in the contemplation, it's like we'll be a slave to the entire world for the rest of our lives. And we can fake this attitude, and we're, we're supposed to do that. We have to fake it in order to get there. We can imagine what it would be like to give all our money, time, energy, our life to serving others, just all of it. We would give everything from holding the door open to someone, to Starbucks coffee, to our life and and enlightenment, we would give everything. And we realize that everything we own belongs to others. We're borrowing our house, our money, clothes, time, we're completely a servant of others. We don't even own our own time or our life. Master Shanti Davis says, "If someone else wants to rip things away from yourself, and give them to others, why not? You already gave them everything when you took the Bodhisattva vows. You took the Bodhisattva vows, didn't you? When you take the Bodhisattva vows." <laughs> we- You already gave them everything by taking the bodhisattva vows. So it's already theirs. It's not yours anymore anyways. Or by having the bodhisattva intention, you could think. They're coming and collecting what you already gave them anyways. Your time, if they need your time, you just give it to them. If someone's walking by, you get out of the way because you're their servant. If someone wants to get in line, you let them go ahead of you. And you don't look funny at them when they make demands on you because you swore that you would serve them for the rest of your life. You can't even look at them from the side of your eyes. You know, you can't even get them like a side glance because they own you. If you're their servant, you don't look at them like that. That's in this verse. So we should pretend to be a Bodhisattva, even if we're not. From now on, we're the servant of others. Others own you, your body, and your time. And I did this a little bit too, and it's actually just a really nice way to be in the world. Because we have so much pride come up, and like, it's just uncomfortable. So this kind of gets rid of it. It feels good. It does. 32... The exchange of yourself and others. Make those who are inferior to you and so on be yourself. Make yourself now none other than the others. Practice this with a state of mind that's free of ideas, the feelings of jealousy, competitiveness, and pride. This one's confusing. So now we're getting into Bodhisattva schizophrenia. You put your brain in someone else's head and you look at yourself, and it starts to get really confusing. And these verses, you start to get confused about who's talking to in these verses. And what Geshe Michael says is that Master Shanti Deva is trying to confuse us on purpose. The idea is, I'm in your mind. I'm you, and I'm looking at me. And then, you know, you get kind of confused with that when you're thinking about it in your mind. And it's kind of fun. And this, this is so true. I think I've heard this before though. Um, there's Toa, Nyampa, and Mepa. Higher, equal, and lower. As soon as we meet someone, we decide if they're better than me, the same, or worse than me. And I've been noticing this after I was studying this. That's the minute we meet someone, we put them in a category. One of our first thoughts is this, so just watch yourself. If we're superior, if they're superior to us, we're jealous. If we're superior to them, we feel prideful. If we're equal to them, we feel competitive. So if they're lower than us, we feel condescending and treat them crappy. And then they get the same position as us and we start to get jealous and competitive. And then if they're superior to us, we feel jealousy too. So practice being them as the recipient of your nasty views. So I put my mind in your, in your body, looking at me being jealous of you, or being prideful or um, competitive. And how would we like to live in a world where everyone was looking at us with our biggest mental affliction. So what does that feel like? So this is exchanging self and others. You put your mind in their brains and then you look at yourself. And if you're thinking like me when I'm jealous or prideful, looking down on someone or competitive, it doesn't feel good at all. Like, imagine whole room looking at you like that. Just how unpleasant that would be. Okay, let's look at the next one. Okay. 32, Bodhisattva, talking to yourself. So this is more on what we were just saying. This one, meaning like me, this one should receive the honor, but not us. We should never get the things he always does. He should bask in praise, and we should be belittled. He should have all happiness, and we the suffering. We should be the ones who have to do all of the work, and he should sit in perfect leisure. Throughout the world, he should become a great man. We should stay inferior and know and known as knowing nothing. What's the use of having no good qualities? We'll all strive that they have them all. There do exist those compared to whom this one is inferior. There are also those compared to whom you're highest. The state of our morality, views, troubles, and the rest is forced by affliction and not by choice. So it gets a little confusing now. So instead of acting competitive, jealous, um, condescending, we can be respectful, cooperative, compassionate towards those that we see as higher, equal, and lower to us. The same to all of them. Basically giving you what you want. So practicing building the habit of these attitudes towards others with the thought that you are in their brain or in their shoes as the recipient of this nice treatment from you, from the old you. So number one is say syncreti, which is honor or paying respects. So you put your brain in all the other people's heads, and then you look through their eyes at yourself and you see what it feels like to feel what I usually think about you or about all these other, you know what you're usually thinking about all these other people. And you're looking at yourself as you're thinking, I should get all the honor. That's what we, that's what our minds mostly think. We really do think that. I should get all the honor, but everyone else should be stupid. (laughs) <laughs> everyone should tell me how amazing I am because that's what I really want so you're putting, I'm putting my mind into your body you're thinking that you're seeing me thinking this and you're saying we should do this because that's what she wants so it gets confusing uh, say Nepa, Nepa material things. So now you're thinking, for material things, I should get all of them. Nobody else should get anything. Kirti and Yepa are the two things that a Dharma teacher has to watch out for too. So it can deteriorate into the Lama wanting honor and material things. Uh, Say tupa. 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 Which is praise. So my mind's and everyone else's, they're looking at me saying, oh, Heather, we won't praise anyone else. We'll only talk good about you and nobody else. Say Dewa. Dewa. Dewa which is happiness, all happiness in the world will be yours, Heather. It doesn't matter if anyone else is suffering from depression or grief. We'll just make you happy because that's what we really want. Everyone else will have problems, but it doesn't matter. Only your happiness matters, Heather. This is really what we want in our heart, and we're, we're really concerned that we should be happy. We don't care if another student is suffering with severe depression or something terrible. Maybe can't even find a job. We only care about ourselves. It's, so everyone's looking at me saying, oh, Heather, you have a cold. It doesn't matter that this other student's about to commit suicide or something. I have a cold, and that's more important. dewa. <laughs> So this is like having a whole room, taking care of everything for you, which is what you really want. So, no, no, you relax, Heather. We'll do all the grunt work and run around and get you whatever you want. So that's really what, that's really what we want, and that's the attitude that we have most of the time. Say, Drakpa. 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 Which is fame, or being well-known. So everyone else will make sure that Heather is well-known and liked and is famous. We'll take care of everything for you, Heather. So this is where you switch yourself and you think, what would it be like if the whole world thought as you did? And Master Shantideva is being sarcastic. What if all your dreams came true and it would actually be really sick? That's what it would be like, what I was just saying. Nobody else would get anything, I would get everything. Because that's really what the mind is saying all the time. Like, we're unhappy when someone gets something good. Only I should get the good things. <laughs> okay, contemplation 34. You must take care for us by using all your strength. And we should, too, willingly take all the hurts. Are we not, though, someone you should care for? Why is it that you belittle us so? What use would we ever have for the qualities that he has? And he is a being of qualities. He lives in the savage jaws of the lower birds. He has no compassion for living beings. Even worse... His delusion is that he possesses higher qualities. Seems hoping to pollute the wise. This one's kind of funny. So this is kind of switching. All, all sentient beings are looking at you as a bodhisattva. So all sentient beings are looking at me as a bodhisattva. And they say, why are you always talking bad about us? I thought you were a bodhisattva, Heather. like all sentient beings were talking to me like that and this in this verse they say oh you have all these high spiritual qualities and then they look closer and they see the real qualities and they're like oh oh never mind you keep those qualities you keep those qualities that you have we see them you just keep them we'll we'll just get along on our own why because the way that you're acting or the way that i'm acting is going to end up me in the hell realms, for sure. And so all sentient beings are saying, do we want to emulate you? No thanks. We don't want to go lower rebirth. You you just keep going on your own, Heather. You just keep your Bodhisattvas to yourself. We'll figure it out on our own. And even worse is that I have this delusion that I do have a spiritual life, but really... I don't care much more about other people than anyone else does. So that's what this verse is saying. All right. I'm gonna do it. <laughs> um thirty-five. Is that where we're on? Yeah. Okay, no matter what we must see to it, no matter what we must see to it, that all the good qualities which we have are spoken all over the world, we must moreover assure that what good qualities he may happen to have are known to no one at all. Any faults that we have must be hidden away. Offerings must be made to us, but not to him. We must gain with ease and now the things we want, and we must win all honor, but not him. When something wrong befalls him, all of us will watch, a long time feeling a kind of joy. We'll assure that he becomes a laughingstock for everyone, derided in all circles. So basically, what if all sentient beings started to think like you and me? What if my state of mind was put in your head and then I could feel you thinking that all of your good qualities, like all of my good qualities should be spoken about but my faults never never uttered a word and this is actually the goal of the bodhisattva in the opposite way is to think that others should get everything and I should get nothing So this next one is a a famous quote. Master Shantideva says, If you had at some point in the past undertaken this very action, then it's completely impossible that you'd be living like this in something so opposite to the excellent bliss of Buddhahood. So this is a famous quote, and someone asked Master Shantideva, they said, I have done very generous things for other people, and none of these amazing things are happening to me. And Master Shantideva, he's very blunt, he says it's impossible. If you had really done that, you would have all the money you need, all the knowledge you need, everything you ever needed. Basically he says, don't bullshit me. The fact that your life is so miserable proves that you didn't do it, Proof that you were too wimpy, you didn't put your heart into it. So someone brings up that objection. Okay. Let me command myself to work for every purpose, acting as if I were the least of servants, He is by his very nature wrong. Refuse to praise him for some small accidental good. See to it that any qualities which he does have aren't detected by anyone else at all. This one's kind of funny. So this is all sentient beings looking at you again, or looking at me again. And they say, let's see, is this person basically good or basically bad? They're like, basically bad, 99% bad. And then they say, but wait, she's done something good. Should we praise her? And they're like, no, it's an accident. It happens once a year. It's just sheer good luck. So she'll probably get a lot of pride if we tell her about about it. And if she was a true bodhisattva, she wouldn't want us to say anything about the great things that she did anyways. The more it is that you take steps to do what you must in order to care for this, the body of yours, the more it is that the body descends to nothing more than a state in which it can't bear pain at all. And the fall is such that even if you were able to get everything that was desirable on the surface of this planet, it would never quench the desire. Who then is it that could act to give you all you want? When they cannot then this desire brings on mental afflictions and a lessening of the thoughts. So Master Shantideva, he finished with exchanging self and others, and now he's talking about what really prevents you from putting this into practice. And one of the main problems is our body. It demands that we're selfish. Most of our self-cherishing is to protect, honor, and worship our body. That's most of it. Our body prevents us from being a bodhisattva as we waste time and energy to protect it, serve it, spoil it, and honor it. It's truly what we're doing. So the more we take care of it, too, the more demanding it gets. The more we pamper it, the weaker it gets. It can handle less and less things. And then also this verse is saying we can get every lovely thing we could ever imagine. It'll never be enough. We cannot please the body. In your worship of this body, you've piled on many sufferings, all of it meaninglessly. What's the use of this thing, no better than a piece of wood? Why the love and hate? Regardless of whether I continue to care for the body, or whether the vultures come feed upon it, it has no feelings of attachment or anger. Why then is it that I have this attachment to myself? This point is I, its very interesting. Your body is demanding this attention and deceiving you into thinking that you're separate from other people. Every lie that we ever told was for the body. And Master Shanti Davis says, go ask your body if it cares. It doesn't care about food, fame, honor. It's just physical matter. It doesn't care. It's the mind. It doesn't care if I have ice cream. The mind... The mind is, the mind's attached to that idea. The body doesn't care at all. Usually it doesn't feel good if I have ice cream, but it couldn't care less, it's just physical matter. It's our mind that wants these things and our afflicted desires cause all the selfish misdeeds that we do to serve the body. Our body doesn't want any luxuries or treats and it's actually ungrateful when we serve it. Without the mind, the body can't even get up from the chair. So who's asking us to do all these things? It's the mind and desire. Don't waste your life serving your body. It won't ever thank you and it's just going to end up in the cemetery. Our idea of ourself has to be bigger than our body. So serving the body just does not work. We have to take care of other people And all the things that we've ever dreamed of will come to us. The other way doesn't work. And we know it doesn't work because we've been trying it for a long time. So moral of the story, we have to take care of others and take care of them first. We're only four minutes over. Wasn't did it feel like a lot? It's kind of a whirlwind. Okay, we'll do closing prayers, but we won't do um prostrations. So just think all the effort in this course. All the amazing teachings that come from this long lineage of teachers. So awesome to be able to study these teachings, to have this material, have a place to study it, people to study it with. And offer all the merit to reaching full awakening in this life, to be able to help all living beings. Sashi Pukki Chukshin Rira Blingshi Nyan De Gempadi Sangye Shingdu Mekte Uvargi Jokun Namdak Shingla Chupar Shog Yidam Guru Radha Mandala Kam Niri Ge wa ji kun, sunam yashe suk suk ching, sunam yashe le jungwe, tampa kuni you welcome.